Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. What a day today when Joe Biden tells the world, you know what, world, we're here for you. America, not so much. America first is over, thanks to Joe Biden. The world will be vaccinated before we are, or vaccinated, I think is the appropriate term. Good evening and welcome to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight, but it's me, your fellow Levinite, Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, where I host a morning show on WPHT. Great to be with you, Mark, as he told you last night, is having surgery, but he will be back on Monday. We wish him well. God bless And, of course, this has been a very tough week for Mark, losing a very, very dear friend of his to yours, to mine, to all of us in Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Very special tribute this coming Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin on the Fox News Channel at 8 o'clock. Mark's guest will be Sean Hannity, and they will talk about Rush Limbaugh and his life and the incredible contribution that Rush gave to all of us by really creating this genre of radio, which did not exist before him, and bringing talk radio to the masses, saving AM radio. And I mean, I wouldn't have a career without him. That's for sure. Because I wouldn't be able to do this had Rush Limbaugh not come around. So look, tune into that Sunday night. You won't be disappointed, of course, in Mark's own unique way. He's known Rush for a long time, obviously going all the way back to the F Lee Levin days. I can't believe that it's almost a year since I was with Mark in person in Philadelphia because we had an event together first weekend in March, right before COVID hit, Although now we know COVID was here for a long time. The Wall Street Journal story today is how they knew that COVID was in China going back as far back as December. And of course, China lies about everything. So that's really November. They think maybe as early back as September. Oh, and here's the thing. It did not come from the wet market. I mean, if you believe that, the only way it could have would have been if somebody from the lab went to the wet market and ordered something and then spread it there. But China's not being honest with the World Health Organization. They're lying again. They're still lying to the world about what happened, the origins of this virus, and we still have no idea exactly how it started, though I have my suspicions, as I'm sure you do as well. The number tonight, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You can also tweet me tonight at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. Joe Biden is failing miserably as president on three fronts. Ready? Number one, schools. Number two, vaccines. And number three, the Constitution. Let's go through all three real quick. First of all, on schools. Can anyone explain to me why this 100-day pledge to get schools back? We've, we're all just going to pretend like it never happened. Like he never made the pledge. He just never said it. This was his campaign. He campaigned on this. He literally campaigned on three pillars, one of them being schools being back. Everybody back within the first 100 days. Are your kids back? I'm very fortunate. My kids have been in school. They're very young, though. You know, they're kindergarten and preschool. So I'm lucky. But most of my friends, their kids have been at their kitchen table for months. Philly schools have not been back since the pandemic started. They were supposed to go back on Monday. Guess what? And I know this will shock you. They're not going back to school on Monday. I know you're just as shocked as I am to find gambling in here. I know. 
But here's the thing. Joe Biden failed on that. Number two, he's failing on the vaccines. You remember it was going to be a massive surge of vaccines? Well, it's a screw up. And he's still blaming President Trump. There was an article I read today. This is amazing. You know, if you're a senior citizen, signing up on these various state websites to get your vaccine is very complicated and difficult. I really feel bad for people who are not particularly computer savvy because I I kind of am computer savvy and I had a tough time figuring out how to sign up for the vaccine, which I won't be able to get to leave in May. So I'm just thinking if somebody's 65 or 70 and they're actually in that target group that should be vaccinated first and foremost, going on the website, it's all kooky and screwy. You got drop down menus and it doesn't really work and you get frozen out. The other day, this is pretty interesting. They had a mass vaccination site in New Jersey. You go on there and then they tell you your number. I kid you not. You had to wait about 20 minutes to get into the queue. Then the queue came open. And I was number 16,682. That number stands out for me. So there were 16,681 people ahead of me. Now, I'm no math guy, but that's a lot more people. That's a lot of people, right? So here's what's happening right now. If you want to score a vaccine appointment, people are recruiting college kids with tech skills and patience. People are volunteering, but other people are getting paid to do this. And what they're doing is they're, they're helping seniors book vaccine appointments because the whole system is a mess. Now, President Trump got it done with Operation Warp Speed. He got it done. We have the vaccine. We have multiple vaccines. What he did with that was astonishing in terms of just absolutely taking a bulldozer to the bureaucracy. Just knocking down the bureaucracy to get it done. Just telling the FDA and the CDC, just get it done. And they did. And it's safe. It's obviously very, very safe. And it's so effective now that they're even thinking that you probably only need the one shot first and you could vaccinate a whole lot more people with just the one shot it's about 95 percent effective it's exceeding expectations in both efficacy and safety but the rollout is a disaster and the rollout is the biden administration he can't blame trump forever but he's going to keep trying to he did it again today and of course the third area which he's failing on is the constitution right away i still remember this day back in i guess it was i don't know january february it's hard to remember everything sort of you feel this way kind of just flows together and every day feels the same in many respects it was during the presidential debate all the democrats were up on stage so kamala harris says that she wants to ban guns using executive orders and joe biden says can't do it it's the constitution kamala harris has this you know takes her time and turns around into joe and says well joe i say yes we can ha 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 does that that you know that fake laugh and Joe says, no, no, it's the Constitution. You can't do it, can't do it, can't do it. He was actually right. You can't do it, but they're doing it anyway. So they're going after the Second Amendment using executive action on that. They're still using what happened on January 6th at the Capitol to justify keeping the Capitol fence up, I guess indefinitely, and now declaring that domestic terrorists are the biggest problem facing America. But where are these domestic terrorists? And so they're also now going after the First Amendment, too. Your freedom of association. The Fourth Amendment, your right to privacy under the Constitution, the fact that they can't spy on you, they're spying on people, going in these all these chat rooms and monitoring people, what they're saying on the Internet. So he's failing on that front, too. And he's also about to have the biggest massive immigration push in modern American history. What I what I find amazing is that the southern border is basically open. You know, they said, come on in. And anybody who got here by January 1st will be able to get citizenship within three years. So they're just going to jump the line, just come on in, you're here, and, you know. Biden said he wouldn't do that, and he's doing that too. But let's, let's think about the, the vaccine 
issue for a second. Am I a bad person for saying that I want my country vaccinated first before we start giving our supply to the rest of the world? Does that make me a bad person? I don't think so. But then again, I've been programmed, as you have, as we all have, to believe that. That if you if you want to put your country first, you're a bad, bad person. They see the left does this, right? They have this 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 idea, which is that America has to atone for its sins. And before we can ever be better than anybody in anything, we have to give it all away first, because that's how we atone for our past sins. Remember, they view America as having really screwed up badly. We've got all these different problems and we started, we're just a bad, you know, bad people, bad place. And so the idea that we would vaccinate the American population first, achieve herd immunity in our country and then help the rest of the world. That is an awful thing to think. How dare you, sir? How uh, I apologize for bringing gender into it. I my, my bad. How dare you person? How dare you think that? This is what Biden said today. They're not only going to do this in terms of vaccinating the world, but they're also going to spend a ton of our money doing it. Why? Why can't we just worry about our own people first? You know, this is the same mindset that gets us into endless wars. That we have to feel like we've got to go all over the planet and, and defend everybody and, and, and topple regimes and everything else. Now it's we've got to go across the planet and, and, and spread vaccines. Can we just focus on ourselves and just take care of ourselves and worry about our people for a change? I don't know if you noticed, we've got a lot of people hurting in this country. But that's not how the left thinks. They, don't, they think that we, we're guilty. And so the only way to cleanse our guilt is to just help the rest of the world with everything, whether it's toppling a dictator, giving out our supply of vaccines, giving away our money. It's all the same for them. It's the same thing. You must atone. How dare you celebrate your American success? You're a bad, bad person. See, I didn't fall for the gender trap there. Aha, right? Ah, it makes my head shake. Let's start with this uh, tonight on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Let's start with this, shall we? This is President Biden today pledging lots and lots of our money. Cut number six. We must cooperate if we're going to defeat COVID-19 everywhere. My first presidential national security memorandum focused on surging health and humanitarian responses to defeat COVID-19 and to better prevent and prepare for the next pandemic. Today... I'm announcing that the United States is making a $2 billion pledge to COVAX with the promise of an additional $2 billion to urge others to step up as well. Yet even as we fight to get out of the teeth of this pandemic, the resurgence of Ebola in Africa is a stark reminder that we must simultaneously work to finally finance health security, strengthen global health systems, and create early warning systems to prevent, detect, and respond to future biological threats because they will keep coming. We have to work together to strengthen and reform the World Health Organization. Riveting. Absolutely riveting. I, I mean, just so inspirational. As he was reading that from the teleprompter, I just couldn't help but think, you know, getting the world vaccinated is, is, is great. It's groovy and all. But the world kind of got us into this mess because... We trusted the World Health Organization, who are completely in bed with China. We have allowed this kind of global mindset to drive our decision making for so long. And because we were all in with the world, we we have a pandemic now. In, In other words, instead of calling BS on the World Health Organization in January of 2020, when they were telling everybody that there was no human to human transmission, 
We now know that there was human-to-human -human transmission going as far back as September. September of 2019. At least that's what the World Health Organization is now discovering in their investigation. Why can't we just worry about our own people? Why can't we just take care of ourselves first? Is that a bet? I mean, is that, is that really such a bad thing? I'm tired of the guilt because I want to make sure that my parents are vaccinated and your parents are vaccinated and you're vaccinated. I'm tired of the guilt that I want schools open. And so, yeah, I want to put us first and make sure our people are taken care of. And, and, and excuse me for feeling like a bad person because I want my president to make sure that I'm OK first, that my people are OK first. If we had herd immunity here. That would go a big step towards herd immunity in the world, and we wouldn't have to worry as much because we'd be providing the world with about 325 million Americans who are vaccinated. Let's go less. Let's do, say, 300 million towards herd immunity. Pretty good, if you ask me. Why can't we just focus on ourselves first? That is my question. 877-381-3811. It is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from WPHD in Philadelphia. We're coming right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. You know, in some of these states around the country that have Democrat governors, the vaccine rollout has been a disaster. I mean, it really has. It's, it's been a it's been a bureaucratic, bloated mess. The Biden administration is still blaming the Trump administration for all this. Of course, it's what they do. And, and everybody just goes along with it and says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's their fault. Their fault. Why didn't Governor Andrew Cuomo have a better plan for vaccine distribution? Why didn't Governor Phil Murphy have a better plan for vaccine distribution? I'll just give you the example from my state of New Jersey. Because remember, I broadcast in Philadelphia, so but I live in South Jersey. So you have to go on the website and you've got to sign up. And it's a gigantic pain to sign up. And again, if you're a senior, it's very difficult. They didn't roll out a phone number until weeks after the initial rollout of the website. It took them weeks. And the websites kept crashing. And we knew that the vaccine was coming. Right? I mean, we knew it was coming. So let, just leave the supply off the table for a second. Why did these governors have a better distribution plan in place? You know, the answer to that, of course, it's the same thing why in Philadelphia it was a disaster early on, too. It still is. But there's a reason for that. It's because the truth of the matter is none of them understand how to run anything. And instead of turning around to the private sector and saying, hey, can you help us out here? They just decided to do it their own. But they have no idea how to run anything because government is not 
effective at running things. And Amazon decides to step up and say, oh, we'll offer help. They decide to do that when in, in January when Biden becomes president. So, I mean, think about that. Amazon, which can deliver a package to your house by drone within an hour. I mean, you, in most places, you can get something in an hour, which is crazy. Usually a day or two, but depending on where you are, like where I am, I mean, the Jersey Turnpike is not far from here. So they've got all their distribution places up and down the highway. They can just load it into a truck and get it to your house. They could have been coordinating with these governors on the vaccine distribution for months. They could have had this all worked out. And the governors could have been working with all their little tech friends in Silicon Valley. You know, today, Mark Zuckerberg, the little guy from Facebook, came out and said he's going to regulate speech when it comes to global warming because he doesn't want you saying anything on his platform that isn't true. And he'll decide what's true. So if you say anything on Facebook, you, you question global warming, you question climate change. Remember, it's climate change in the winter when it's really, really cold. It's global warming in the summer when it's really, really hot. Just follow that rule, by the way. But Zuckerberg is going to monitor that so you don't wind up saying something that he judges to be incorrect. So he'll have a little truth commission. But here's my question. Democrat governors love all these tech giants from Silicon Valley. They do. They're, they're buddies with them. Jack from Twitter and little Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook and all these people. Google, all the Google guys, they're all buddies. Why couldn't they have this vaccine distribution taken care of by all, with all of them for months? They could have been planning all this. Instead, seniors have to pay college kids to register for a vaccine. And Biden still wants to pretend like this is all the Trump administration's fault. At some point, they've got to be held accountable for this. But they're Democrats, so they're never held accountable. It's the same reason why everybody is beating up Ted Cruz for going to Cancun, but somehow giving Andrew Cuomo a pass over the nursing homes. And by somebody, I mean the media. His brother, Chris Cuomo, who I have dubbed the lesser Cuomo. It doesn't mean that Andrew's great. It just means that Chris is lesser than him. And the lesser Cuomo last night, in his entire opening, was blasting Ted Cruz for going on vacation. Didn't say a word about his brother and the nursing home scandal. Now, I know he's not allowed to talk about him anymore, but give me a break. Cuomo's under federal investigation. The world is finally turning on him. But the media still acts like the worst thing that a politician could do would be to go on vacation. It's, it's amazing. There's like two different worlds happening right now. And when we get back here on The Mark Levin Show... I will give you a little bit of insight into Cuomo's meltdown today. Absolute meltdown. But the vaccine distribution, the rollout, it's a mess. And it's on Biden. It's all Biden. He should be only thanking President Trump for getting the vaccine to market. Instead, he's blaming him for the fact that his Democrat governors and his administration have done nothing to get it to our seniors. They made it complicated and cumbersome and bureaucratic. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from WPHD, 877-381-3811. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part, we need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. 
Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. Levin, simply the smartest man on radio. And you can call him 877-381-3811. Wait until you hear the absolute meltdown by New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. But before I get to that, this is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Philadelphia. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Mark's a Philly guy, as you know. And uh, it's always an honor to be in for him. He's a great guy. And uh, I'm very, very grateful to him for letting me be with you tonight because I'm a fellow Levinite just like you. So here's the amazing, amazing thing about what's happening in our country right now. We have Democrat governors who have, since the beginning of this pandemic, acted like totalitarians. Now, this is not an exaggeration for radio purposes. They're literally acting like totalitarians because what is the definition of a totalitarian? Hmm? somebody who's totally in control, somebody who doesn't consult the legislative branch, somebody who doesn't doesn't actually get input from anybody. My governor, Phil Murphy, acts like a king. I call him King Philip the Unaccountable because he does not consult the legislative branch on anything. And ever since this pandemic, he has been signing executive orders, just giving himself more and more power. He just signed another executive order, another executive order, giving him more 30-day power over everything. And what's amazing is that there's a story in the Wall Street Journal today saying that we're probably, America is probably going to achieve herd immunity by April. Cases are plummeting. People are getting vaccinated, even though the government has made it impossible. So my question is this, what are they going to do when we have herd immunity? Are they going to give up the reins of their power, these Democrats? I don't think so. I think they really like controlling us. Today, New York announced that its restaurants can go to 35% capacity. Why 35 and not 40? Can somebody explain the science of that to me? California has been under lockdown forever. Florida's been open. And their results are pretty much the same. Oh, oh, this is great. You got to hear this. This is great. So this is a clip from one of the morning shows. Stephanie Rule on MSNBC. She's asking White House COVID advisor Andy Slavitt about this point. How come California and Florida are the same? Florida's been open. Governor Ron DeSantis, God bless him, has kept his state open. And Governor Gavin Newsom, Mr. French Laundry, that guy has shut everything down. Yet basically the same numbers, same results. Why, why is that? What, why is that? Cut 10. Last states like Florida and California, um, California basically in lockdown, and their numbers aren't that different from Florida. Well, good morning, Stephanie. Uh, Look, there's so much of this virus that we think we understand, that we think we can predict, that's just beyond a little bit beyond our explanation. What we do know is that the more careful people are, the more they mask and social distance, and the quicker we vaccinate, the quicker it goes away and the less it spreads. But we have got to get better visibility into variants. We don't know what role they play. Um, large events, etc. But, uh, you know, this is, a, as we all have learned by this time, this is a virus that continues to surprise us. Um, it's very hard to predict. And, you know, all around the country, we've got to continue to do a better job. And I think, I think we are, but we're not done yet. That's a non-answer. That guy said nothing. That was just blah, 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 wash your hands. 
That was the entire answer there. He didn't say anything in that. How come people are allowed to just go on TV and they're 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 supposed to be experts? And they can just say nothing and people go, hmm, well, thank you for that. Very helpful. What did that guy say? Variance? What does variance have to do with anything? The, the reality is lockdowns don't work. Well, that's evident by the fact that Florida has been open, California's been closed, and they have essentially the same numbers. Lockdowns don't work. Because if people can't be in public, they're just going to go in private. It, prohibition doesn't work. We know that. We did that as an American experiment. But why can't they just say that? They can't say that because they really love the control. I'll give you another one. So Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey, King Philip the Unaccountable, who has completely just taken over power, absolute total control. And he's one of the ones the media hails as a hero. You know, he and Cuomo were heroes, heroes to everything. So was um, Gavin Newsom of California until he was outed from sitting inside in close proximity with people without a mask on inside French laundry, having dinner, a dinner bill that cost about $25,000. You know, you could, you could just get, I don't know, like KFC for, I think $2 and 50 cents, I believe is the latest special. I have to go back and check on $25,000 for dinner inside, no masks, but he wouldn't let you go inside and have dinner. Ah, yes. So this is Phil Murphy. Now, as we're getting to a place where Americans are getting vaccinated even though they have to go through a lot of pain and pressure to get there. And even though now we're seeing herd immunity, cases are dropping and people are turning around and going, hey, weather's about to get warm. Hey, governor, governor, can we have a little more freedom? Please, your highness, can we please now go bowling? Can we do some bowling, sir? Maybe see a movie again. He tells the peasants, well, careful peasants because of the following cut number five. First of all, folks. Don't travel to Brazil and South Africa right yeah, now. Don't go there. Be clear about yeah. this. Frankly, don't travel, but don't go to those two countries. Uh, please, there should Stop be no Stop it right there. Can I ask a question, by the way? Why, why are you, is it okay to tell people not to go to Brazil and South Africa? Sounds a little racist to me. It sounds a little xenophobic, does it not? You can't go to South Africa or Brazil? That's a governor in New Jersey telling people not to travel to those two countries. I remember a time, I'm old enough to remember, all the way back a year ago, when, when we didn't let people from China in, and that was called xenophobic and, and racist. Remember that? I remember that. By the way, you can't say China virus. You know that, right? That's not allowed. It's illegal now. I think Biden passed an executive order making that illegal. But you can say South African variant. You can say Brazilian variant. You can say UK variant. You just can't say variant of the China virus. So in order to do this properly, to fit in with the politically correct mandates of the Biden administration, you have to do something like this. You got to say it's the Brazilian variant of the bleep virus. You have to bleep out China. You can't because you can't say that. That's racist. But you can say the variant. Don't ask me why I deal in common sense, but they don't. They deal in political correctness. So that's why they've they've established this rule. You know, it's ter- you can't say Wuhan. So, again, you can't say that you can say the this is the South African variant of the beep virus. If you were going to say Wuhan, you can't. Wuhan is racist, but South African is not. And you and you could tell people not to go to those countries, but you still can't say China virus. Does that make sense to you? No, of course it doesn't. You know why? Because you're an intelligent person. That's why. That's why it doesn't make sense to you because you have because you're a thinking human being. That's why. But if you try to not use your brain, just practice with me for a second. Pretend you don't have a brain and just pure emotion, but no brain to actually sort out your feelings. Now try it.
Now try it. It is the UK variant of the bleep virus. Doesn't that make you feel better? Sure does, right? All right. Do me a favor. Start this clip over, please. This is now Governor Phil Murphy, where you can't travel, folks. Cut five. First of all, folks, don't travel to Brazil and South Africa right now. I couldn't be clear about this. Frankly, don't travel, but don't go to those two countries. Uh, please, there should be no travel to or from Brazil or South, Af- South Africa right now. Um, I'm sure someone will yell at me for that, uh, for the consul generals from either of those countries who are good friends. Uh, Eddie or Judy, I I was in Camden this morning, as I mentioned, having a a very good conversation uh, about COVID, vaccine, progress, et cetera. Uh, And I made, I didn't make make this sort of a definitive statement, but I said to um, a couple of the folks down there, Yeah. but for the variant, I think we would be planning right now a much more, I'm going to use the word aggressive, but a much more fulsome series of steps to reopen over the next few weeks. Oh. Uh, but the variant sort of hangs over our head. The var- right, uh, the we variant. We know it's more right. easily transmitted. Right, right, right. We know the vaccines. Okay, so thank you. So, so, so you see now, but for the variant, the king would give the peasants more freedom. The, ki- the king would let you spend more time with your friends and family and bigger venues, but, but for the variant. So he would give up his power, but, but for the variant, but for the variant peasants, I still must maintain an iron grip on all of you, but for the variant, that should be like a bumper sticker somewhere, but for the variant, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable to me because if that's the standard, now think about it. It was two weeks to stop the spread, which was fine with all of us. We did our part. Now it's but for the variants. So I guess as long as there's variants, they can be unilaterally in charge. Newsom, Cuomo, Murphy, your Democrat governor, whatever you are, just absolutely universally, just unilaterally in charge. No input from the legislature. I interviewed a guy in Pennsylvania today, and I'll play the interview on Monday's show. But we were talking about venues, yeah, wedding venues and places like that. And these places are suffering. Tremendously. And it's not just the venues, but all the people associated with it. Florists, photographers, people that do catering. So wineries, breweries, you know, all those people suffering because they have this dumb capacity limitation, which, again, is not based in science. It really isn't. They just make it up. But for the variant, I guess we could say we could start raising those numbers. But for the variant, let me tell you what this really comes about. It's the same reason why the Capitol fence is going to stay up in D.C., indefinitely because i don't know if you know this or not but they have said now they're going to keep the capital fence which is put up in response to the january 6 rioting they're going to put up the capital fence they're going to keep it up now at least until august why 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 is there is there some is there something i'm not aware of no absolutely not but they want to remind you that they're fully in control and, and, and these governors and these mayors, they have had a year now of being absolutely in control, and they like it. They do. They like it a lot. They don't want to give that up. It's like giving up carbs. You know, you don't want to do it. Sometimes you have to do it. I'm doing it right now, and it's making me very cranky, but sometimes you got to do it. Giving up power is even more difficult than giving up carbs because power is it's very, very addictive. And these people have it, and they don't want to give it up. And but for the variant, I guess they don't have to. As long as there's a variant of the virus out there, they can be absolutely in charge. Screw the legislature. Forget checks and balances. Forget it. 
Unbelievable. 877-381-3811 on the Mark Levin Show. Let me go to Catherine. She's on line one. Hey, Catherine, thanks for the call tonight. Hey, uh, I was referring to back when you played Joe Biden's uh, latest Babylonia bloviation thing on uh, his... (laughs) Babylonia, I like it. Yeah, Babylonia. And, um, you know, when he's doing that, you can obviously, like you said, you can tell that he is reading the teleprompter, has really no clue <laughs> what he's saying. But anyway, uh, I don't I, – okay, I agree with you there. Second thing is I don't think this uh, helping the other countries, blah, 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 oh, how benevolent we are. I don't think that has one thing to do with it. I think he says that. Of course, you're right. He says all that so that the ignorant masses that voted for them – think, oh, see, they're, they're so good. I'm so glad I voted for them because, see, they're helping the world. Okay, but the reality, the behind the scenes, the guy behind the curtain like Oz, you know, and the Wizard of Oz twirling mm-hmm. all those gears and stuff, that is simply all uh, smoke and mirrors for what they're really doing, which is a trip back to the Obama administration, all of his policies where his sole purpose was to bring us to our knees. And you know that. You know that. His purpose was to destroy America bit by bit, day by day. And we are going back to that. It's very obvious because every EO this man has signed, it's not strengthening us. Every single one of them have weakened us. There's, that's not, that can't be a coincidence. And there can't be an argument about it because they're taking jobs. Well, well it's not that I disagree with you. I, I, I understand your point exactly. And, and thank you very much for the call, Catherine. I really appreciate it. I, it's, I don't think Biden's smart enough. I really don't. I, don't. I don't think he's smart enough to have a big evil master plan like that. I, I don't. I think he surrounds himself with people that believe the United States is guilty and they do want to weaken us. They want to level the playing field is probably a, a, a better way to put it. Level the playing field by just taking America's greatness down little by little. So that we can be on the same. Think of it from this perspective. Instead of the world having to rise to our level, we have to lower our success rate to match theirs. Does that make sense? And we have to give some of us away so that we can be on the same level as them. Biden doesn't have an evil master plan because he's not smart enough to have an evil master plan. But there are people around him that absolutely want to weaken the United States of America. Because until everybody in the world is equal, remember, equity is their goal here. Equity is their goal. It always has been. Not not equality of outcomes, but equity. Not the chance that everybody has the same chance at achieving success. Equity. Everybody gets the same. Biden has been using that word a lot. He's reading it off the teleprompter. I don't even know if he knows what it means. But he's pushing it because the people around him are loading it into the teleprompter and he's reading it. And the policies reflect that. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Coming right back. Mark Levin. Are you worried about America's future? Times of trouble are full of reasons to despair. But those who built and have preserved our country didn't despair. So to do our part... We need to draw on the books, the history, and the ideas that gave our forefathers and mothers strength and inspiration. Hillsdale College was founded in 1844 to teach these very things, and it teaches them still today. 
We can all study these things, all with Hillsdale College professors right in our homes. Through Hillsdale's free online courses, we can study the history of our civilization, the wisdom of ancient and Judeo-Christian philosophers, and the writings of Shakespeare and Mark Twain. We can reacquaint ourselves with our Constitution. We can learn how the Constitution has been undermined, and more importantly, how it can be recovered. Friends, as we fight in defense of family, faith, and freedom, let us draw on the best of the past with Hillsdale's guidance to save the greatest nation on earth. Begin learning today at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. By the way, speaking of giving up carbs, this uh, Columbia professor, page six in your post had this a little while ago. He says he does heroin regularly for work-life balance. You know, work-life balance. You got to, hey, listen, you may drink coffee. He does heroin regularly for work. That's a professor. And who said it, that professors were nuts in college, right? I mean, who's, who would ever, who would ever think that? Look, here's the thing. As Mr. Safety on Twitter says. Biden is not smart enough. You're right. But the people who are Obama's people want to take us back to the era of hating our own country. Yeah, that's pretty much what I said. I think it's what they want to do is they want to look at it this way. You ever there's a kid in class. My son's in kindergarten. My daughter's in preschool. And we have a 10 month old baby in my son's class. He's the oldest and they don't teach to him. I mean, the teacher does an amazing job. She's fantastic. I think she's amazing. But in school, they don't necessarily teach to the oldest kid in the class, especially that age, right? They, they have to make sure the youngest kids are learning. It's one of those things. Imagine that, but on the, uh, the way America is with the world. So America, instead of everybody rising to our level, we have to lower ourselves down to theirs so that we can all have equity around the world. And if that means giving away our vaccine supply to the rest of the world to achieve equity, so be it. If it means giving away our money, to the rest of the world to achieve equity, so be it. Our resources, whatever it is. If it means buying more of their stuff to achieve equity, then that's what we'll do. It's, it's, it's about making everybody equal and equity, which is really what socialism is about. I mean, the goal of socialism is that everybody gets treated the same way, but not really that. The expectations are the same. The outcomes are the same. So whereas we believe that everybody should be afforded the opportunity to be treated the same way in their mind of equity. It's that everybody's outcome is the same. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. That doesn't make any sense. Can't achieve anything that way except failure for America. And that's the ultimate goal. The hatred of America comes from the fact that other countries around the world are not as good as us. And their goal is to make us as good as them, not them as good as us. It's to lower America not to help other countries around the world raise themselves up. That's their mindset. That's their thinking. All right, a lot more to get to, including Andrew Cuomo, who's a disaster and probably a criminal, too. It's all blowing up in his face. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing, by the way. Justice. It's the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. Big hour number two straight ahead. And I'll tell you one thing. Cuomo has got to answer. Don't go away. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Andrew Cuomo is a disaster. I mean, the guy is just an absolute mess, but the media loved him. Remember, he was the president we really needed. He was the real guy. What a joke. Uh, Welcome to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. As he told you yesterday, he's getting surgery, but he'll be back with you Monday. We wish him well, of course. It's me, Rich Zioli, your fellow Levinite from WPHT in Philadelphia, where I host the Morning Drive Show. Great to be back with you again. I always love hanging out with you. And thank you for uh, riding along with me tonight, or if you're listening at home, or whatever you're doing. It's just an honor always to fill in for Mark. He's a great, great friend. He's a great guy. And obviously, this is a tough week with the loss of Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh and El Rushbo was a just a, I mean, the, the best way I can put it is I feel like I lost a friend. And I'm sure you feel the same way, because every day... Rush spoke directly to me. It was just an absolute unique gift he had. It was just to talk directly to me, and it was it was fantastic the way he did that. And it's very sad. And the silence is very, very loud. You know, the silence is deafening of not hearing Rush's voice. It's And that sounds like a contradiction, but if you are a Rush fan like I am, then you know exactly what I mean by that. So we will miss uh, El Rushbo very, very much. But Sunday night on Life, Liberty, and Levin's special episode, Mark is going to sit down with Sean Hannity, and they're going to reflect on the life of Rush Limbaugh, the career of Rush Limbaugh, and everything that Rush did for talk radio. And it's, it's a lot. First and foremost, I would not be here tonight. Mark may not be here. Sean may not be here. I mean, Rush saved talk radio. He created the industry. He saved it. He saved AM radio. And he, along with President Ronald Reagan in the 1980s, when Reagan got rid of the Fairness Doctrine, once and for all, just killed it. And Congress tried to put it back in place. So the Fairness Doctrine, as you know, said that you have to have both sides representative, equal time. You know, I would have to have a mandated liberal co-host, I guess, would probably be the best way I would put it. And Reagan gutted that. It was an old FCC requirement. Then Congress passed a law trying to put it back on the books, and Reagan vetoed it. And he said the best way to deal with fake news, for better or for worse, is just more more media, not less, just more voices out there. And that gave rise to Rush Limbaugh and, of course, just Rush's just absolute ability to entertain and inform people at the same time, which is just something nobody else can do like Rush. And uh, Sunday night, they'll remember that. Mark and Rush were very close, you know. This has been tough for him because he goes way back with – Rush Limbaugh. He was F. Lee Levin years ago, before he was ever even the great one. And he would call on a Russia show as a, as a legal mind. So we send our prayers to not only Catherine and his family, but everybody on the show, Mr. Snurdly, the entire crew, and of course also to Mark. And, um, and you know, tune in Sunday night, Life, Liberty, and Levin. So Andrew Cuomo is an absolute jerk. I mean, the guy is arrogant. He's so arrogant. blames everybody but himself for this nursing home disaster that has happened in New York State. Everybody's to blame but himself. First of all, let's think about a couple things here. Number one, tale of, tale of two governors, Andrew Cuomo, Ron DeSantis, right? So DeSantis, the governor of Florida, they hate him. DeSantis early on said, we're going to make sure that we protect our most vulnerable people in nursing homes. Cuomo, 
says we're going to make sure our nursing homes take in our most vulnerable people uh, and surround them with people who are COVID positive. Stupidest executive order in March of 2020 made no sense. And instead of just coming back and saying, you know what? I really screwed up here. That was a big mistake. He cannot take responsibility for himself. So he blames everybody. The Trump administration blames the staff for bringing COVID in. I mean, his executive order literally said nursing homes have to take COVID positive patients, not can take them. They must take them. And Cuomo would not allow them to move people from nursing homes into, say, the USNS Comfort, that big, beautiful ship in New York Harbor that could have taken them. He, he created the perfect environment for COVID to spread in nursing homes among the most vulnerable people and then covered up the numbers, covered up the death toll, lied about it, lied about it to the Democratic legislature in the state of New York and lied about it to the Department of Justice. Now, I'm no lawyer, but I'm smart enough to know this. If you lie to the government when they're seeking information, that's a federal offense. So now there's a federal investigation open into Andrew Cuomo. But remember, Ted Cruz went to Cancun. So we have to focus on Ted Cruz going to Cancun, even though he's a senator and not governor. And senators have no power whatsoever. And their job is literally just to pontificate and talk all day. He went to Cancun, therefore drop everything and focus on that and ignore the federal investigation of a governor who put people in nursing homes that were sick and then lied about it and covered it up and is now blaming everybody else. You see how this works, right? I mean, Ted Cruz going to Cancun was perfect for them to just use the distraction. But what everybody should be talking about is Cuomo. And when it came out that the New York State Attorney General, Letitia James, who I guess probably has her own ambitions to be governor, when she did a report and said, yes, the numbers are wrong, and then Cuomo's high-level person was caught in a, on a, on a phone call telling people in the Democrat legislature Well, yeah, we had to cover up the numbers, but you got to understand Trump's a bad guy and he's orange. And so we had to lie about the numbers and Trump stinks. And so that's why we had to lie about the numbers. And, you know, we didn't want his Department of Justice to know what we were doing. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. So how does Cuomo respond? You got Democrats calling for his impeachment. Republicans are opening up an impeachment investigation. There's calls for him to resign. The legislature in New York may take away his emergency powers, which good. I wish every legislature would do that across the country to all of these governors, but particularly him. So how does he respond? How does he respond? First of all, he threatens this New York State Assemblyman who came out and said Cuomo told him to change what he was saying about the nursing homes and threatened him repeatedly. So Cuomo threatens this guy and says to him, you know, you better rethink what you think you said and make it what I want you to say or else. Then Cuomo gets offended by everybody making mob comparisons to him. So he threatens this guy and then he gets angry if you make a mafia comparison to him. Right. So here's Cuomo today. He loses it again. (laughs) He's angry again. He's just furious at the fact that people are calling him out. Furious at the fact that across the country now, Democrats and Republicans are saying, you know what, Andy? He hates that, by the way. You know what, Andy? You got to come out now and you better take responsibility for what happened here. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie was on my show today and Christie said the same thing. He said to Cuomo, you need to open up and own this. You need to be transparent. You've got to tell everybody what happened here. You can't keep hiding this. Come clean. That was the headline. Come clean. 
So how does Cuomo respond to all this? Well, here we go. This is number one. No one has the right to spread lies about his scandal, all right? So anybody who says anything but what he wants you to say is spreading a lie. You got that? That's the starting point here. Cut number one. Those false statements must be countered. They must be, or else people get confused. No one has a right to spread lies or misinformation that causes pain to families. I understand politics is a nasty business nasty. in this environment. Yeah, I understand people it. lie. I yeah. get it. I get it. I live it every day. But this is different. This was causing pain to families who lost a loved one. No, you're doing that. That's what they did. No, you, you did. And that. they did it because I hear it from the families. Okay, let's stop it right there. So let me. So what he's saying right now is that the pain that families are feeling is not because of his orders to keep people in nursing homes. It's not because of the death that he caused with his ineptitude. It, it's because of lies being said about him. Got it? So the families are feeling pain because people are lying about him. And as long as they're saying lies about me, then they're going to be hurting. So stop lying about me. What are we lying about? What is anybody lying about? Everything that I told you is 100% factual. Everything that Democrats are saying about this guy is factual. You put people in these positions. You put them in these nursing homes. This is on you. This is on you. But if you call them out on it, you're lying, and now you're causing pain to people. So, so don't say anything, because people might hurt if, you hear, if they hear you say things. Right. Okay, keep going. Not only did we create a void, we didn't fight back against the lies and the politics and the, the distortions aggressively enough. In retrospect, that is true. It is whack-a-mole. It is that Twitter 24 hours a day. It is politicians making up stuff to get their face on TV. I uh, get, it. get it. But you have to knock it down and counter it and counter it aggressively. Otherwise, people will believe it. Uh, or, or, or I have one calling me, calling me. They'll believe it because it's true. How's that? Is that also a possibility? So not only is he blaming everybody but himself, now it's Twitter. Now it's Twitter's fault. People are saying mean things about him on Twitter. This is a, this is a sociopath, you understand. This is a guy who cannot take responsibility for his actions. And, and Democrats and Republicans are calling him out. His answer is, how dare you lie about me? And if you say things I don't like, well, then I'm going to come after you and ruin you and destroy you. That's his response. That's his answer. But Ted Cruz went to Cancun. So we have to focus on that. There's a senator who has no executive power whatsoever went to Cancun. So the Cuomo has to be, you know, the side story, obviously. The governor of New York and threatening members of the legislature, hiding facts from the Department of Justice, hiding facts from his own legislature. Can you do that? I'm just curious. Can you do that in your life? Can you not give the IRS information when they ask for it? Or, or if the Department of Justice asks for information regarding your business or if the state asks you, can you not give it to them? Can you, can you lie to them because you don't like who the president is? 
can you go, well, you know, Biden's a bad guy, so I'm not going to give you all the information because you might use it against me. So therefore, I'm going to lie to you because that's exactly what his administration did. They 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 lied about the numbers. They withheld the data. And the argument was Trump's bad. So we can't be honest with the Department of Justice. They might use it against us. They might use our failure and our screw ups against us. Therefore, we can't, you know, we can't, we got to hide the numbers. You got to understand we can't be. So you try that. (laughs) If you're getting audited by the IRS and you hide receipts or something, just turn around and go, yeah, but you got to understand Biden would use this against me. I can't risk that. So I had to hide some data. I'm sure you understand. And if anybody doesn't understand, then they're just spreading lies about me. All right. Yeah, see how that works out for you. 877-381-3811. It is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. And we are back live here on the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off, but I am with you tonight. Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia, WPHD. Great to be with you. Sorry for the technical glitch. There was a storm and a power surge, but the important thing is the team rallied and we are back. So 877-381-3811, the number, and great to be with you tonight. You know, Biden wants to spend $1.9 trillion with a T on coronavirus relief, even though it has basically nothing to do with coronavirus relief. Here's what I want you to think about right now as we go into hour three of the Mark Levin show. Teachers are saying now, really teachers unions, are saying that they don't think they're going to be back in the classroom next year, even if they're all vaccinated. This is insanity, what's happening in this country right now. So Biden failed on his pledge to get teachers back in the classrooms to open up schools. I don't know about you. But maybe you have a child, maybe you have a grandchild who is learning remote. These kids are suffering. It is not the same. They need to be with their friends. This is awful for them. It's awful for them. It is good for school choice because the one thing that America is waking up to the fact of is that private schools, Catholic schools, friends schools, charter schools have somehow managed to keep kids in the classroom this entire time without killing teachers, without killing kids and their families. They have managed to do it because we know now that it's safe. We know this. The science says Biden CDC has said it. But Democrats are always beholden to the teachers unions. This is one of those amazing things about politics. Now, I know this very well because from where I'm from in New Jersey, the NJEA has this absolute iron grip on Democrat politicians. And it's like that everywhere in the country. The teachers unions spend a ton of money, comes out of members dues and they use it for political purposes. Individual teachers are not the problem. 
In fact, there are some amazing teachers who are as frustrated with their union as you could ever imagine, but they don't have a choice because they have to be part of it if they want to work. So they have to deal with it. There's nothing they can do. And what Republicans have said over and over and over again is the money should follow the kid so that the kid can pick up and say, I'm going to go to a different school. Now, around me, there's already a wait list for 2021 school year, starting in September, for a lot of the private schools in our area. I have this one friend. She's she's great. But, you know, she's a bit of a liberal and she's finally waking up to everything that I've been saying for years. Sometimes it has to actually arrive at your doorstep for you to wake up and go, you know what? Yeah, I got to. Yeah. You know what? Yes, you're right. I'm wrong. These policies are stupid. I get it because she's incensed. She I mean, she's had it. Her kids have been doing this weird hybrid thing of like one day a week and, you know, half a day at the kitchen table. And it's not working for them. What I'm amazed at time and again is how we watch this happen. And if we have the economic means to be able to move our kids to a private school, we can do it. But all these poor families, like in Philadelphia, for example, Philadelphia schools have not been open since the start of the pandemic. They were going to open on Monday. They've pushed that date back. It's not going to happen. The kids are not going back to school. I hate to say, I hate to be doom and gloom, but it's just reality. And for a lot of these these parents, they, they don't have the ability to send their kids to private school. First of all, there's a wait list anyway. But even if they could get them in, they, they just don't have the money. That's why you need school choice. It's why we've called it the civil rights issue of our time. Uh, out in California somewhere, some nutty place in California, they're now saying that even with the teachers vaccinated, they don't think the kids will be able to be in school. I'll read you this. Fall reopening. As stated by Superintendent Matthews, the full reopening of schools in the fall is highly unlikely. From the site point of view, we are trying to plan and design two to three contingency plans. Since we know we won't know the status of COVID in August or know which families will choose which options because of the status, it is a frustrating place to be in. Can anybody explain to me why? We can't have kids back in the classroom in September, or I got a better answer, Monday. How about Monday? How about this coming Monday? Can someone explain that to me? Because here's what I know. I know the CDC said teachers don't have to be vaccinated. I know the CDC has said that kids don't really spread it that much. And I also know that when kids do spread it, the kids don't get it that bad. They're not bringing it home and killing grandma. But if there are individual circumstances like that, then you deal with those individual circumstances. And they can do that and they can make accommodations. So I know that, too. I know that Biden has flip-flopped all over the place on this. And he has said that he wanted to make teachers a priority for vaccinating them. But we also know that his own CDC said they don't have to be vaccinated to get back into the classroom. You know what's happening, right? The teachers unions are finding any excuse they possibly can to not go back into the classroom. They're enjoying working from home. But think of all the professions out there where you can't work from home. Cops have to be out there. Firemen have to be out there. Doctors, nurses, guys working down in Texas, men and women who are trying to bring that state back online, who are not U.S. senators, but people who actually that is their job to do that. Because senators, it's not their job. But people that have a job to do, they're doing it. You can't do it from home. You have to be there. But teachers are enjoying working from home. The unions are enjoying this. But what they're also enjoying is, again, the power that they have over these politicians because they know the Democrat politicians will do whatever they say and they'll kowtow to them. Whatever you need, we'll do it. Here's Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, who has not seen a schoolroom in a very, very long time, which is not a bad thing, by the way. So I I would like her to stay far away from children because I've 
Well, that's, you know, some, she's, she's got to eat. Let's put it that way. All right. She's got to eat. So I'm happy keeping her as far away from children as possible. But this is what she said. If you can understand the mumbling behind the mask, here's the thing. Can you take the mask off when you're speaking into a microphone? Just tell people to back up. Can we just, as a, as a society, agree? Biden's walking around with two of them now. He's vaccinated. He's vaccinated. This is not an anti-mask thing. It's just a common sense thing. The message to America should be, hey, you get the vaccine. You don't have to wear two masks. Oh, you don't have to wear one mask. Look at this. But instead, it's a show. It's it's what they call virtue signaling, you know. So here's Pelosi mumbling behind the mask and the fangs. Uh, cut number nine. Now, the important point to make on this is where there is a high incidence of um, of uh, of covid most of those schools are virtual or hybrid anyway they're not uh actual they're not actual and the vaccination might not make it uh, actual anyway so again there has to be a judgment made from the community as to how they go forward she's batty is she not she has i really don't even know if she knows what she's saying there where there's high instances and then the the vaccine can't so then we can't and then they open and then the vaccine and then the have ever batty just batty I, it's like just, will you speak english please but you know what she's saying i'll translate for you because again she's a democrat politician so she's beholden to the teachers union what she's saying is until the unions tell me that we can go back we can't go back there you go. I just translated that for you. It took like three seconds until the unions say we can go back. We can't go back there. There you have it. Now, parents are losing their minds. I'm predicting a huge red wave in November of 2022 because I think parents have had it. Suburban moms and dads have had it. City moms and dads have had it. You know, I had to deal with my kids being remote. My son's in kindergarten. His class, we're, we're blessed. His school's been in person. It's been, it's been great. But today they had a snow day. So they were virtual for 10 minutes. And then when that 10 minutes was over, I thought, what am I, I going to do for the rest of the day? I can't imagine what that's like every day for these parents. And look, you know, some parents choose to homeschool their children. And that is wonderful. That's a great, great thing. But some parents just can't do that. They just don't have the ability to do that. And the schools have left them no option in many parts around the country. And these battles. So then where's Joe Biden? So here's Joe Biden during the campaign trail saying in his first hundred days, every kid's going to be back in the classroom. Remember that? Now it's in the first hundred days, maybe one day a week for half the schools. Maybe, you know, maybe. Today he gave a, uh, he read something off a teleprompter today and in his own garbled, double masked way of not inspiring anybody. The president said the following with regards to schools and regards to reopening the schools. And again, if you can kind of translate what he's trying to say here, cut number seven. I think that, for example, I think it's critically important to get our kids back to school. I think it's really important because of the psychological damage being done and the loss of time. A kid loses a semester when they're in fifth grade. It means they're not just a semester behind. They may be a year and a half behind. All the difficulty. You were at that town meeting I had where that little girl was worried that, you know, her mommy. If only he had influence. You know, you're the president of the United States. But you sound like a guy in the back of the room going, yeah, schools should be open and that'd be great to do schools and all right, I'm going to go. I'll, good night. I'll see ya. You're the president. Why don't you tell them to open the schools? Why don't you tell them they don't get federal funds unless the schools are open? 
See, again, this is what just absolutely frustrates me about all this is that the media goes, well, he wants them open. Yay! No, 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 no. No, if, if the president of the United States wanted them open, he would say schools are going to be open Monday. And if they're not open on Monday, then you're not going to get any federal funding. And I'm going to tell the governors in those states, hey, if those schools are not open on Monday, well, you're not getting any federal funds either. And I'm going to double down on this because I said in the first 100 days, kids will be back in the classroom. But instead he goes, I'll tell you, look, the look on a kid's face when he's not in a classroom. That's a darn shame. And, that's a, and I, I'll tell you, when the schools and then they got to do the thing. And then, the oh, is it lunchtime and break? And then I got to read. And you're like, what are you saying? Between him and Pelosi, I cannot even understand them. I really have a tough time with them. But what I, I think is very clear here is spe- people that speak English, scientists, the CDC, have said it's safe. So why are we not back in the classroom? It's politics. It's absolutely politics. It's the same reason why the Capitol fence is still up. It's the same reason why the National Guard is going to be there until August, at least, probably indefinitely. It's the same reason why Governor Phil Murphy of New Jersey is saying that, well, the variants, you know, I'd love to relinquish my power over you, peasants, but the variants, it's because it's, it's power and control is what it is. And for a lot of these teachers' unions, what their ultimate goal here is New buildings. Oh, yes. Look, I've been in politics for a long time. I actually was in politics before I became a radio guy. And I I saw a lot of battles with Jersey politicians and Philadelphia politicians and Pennsylvania politicians up close and personal fighting the teachers unions. And in every district in the country, inevitably what you hear at some point is our building is old and needs to be replaced. We need to have more money. So we need more money for more teachers. Our class sizes are getting too uh, too, too big, and, and we need to have more money to hire more staff. And it's always about more money, more money, more money, more money. This is the perfect excuse for them to double down and say, we want new buildings. We want more money because we can't social distance in the classroom, so we need to hire more teachers. And we don't have enough room in our facility, and our facility doesn't have good HVAC, and so we need brand-new shiny buildings. Oh, and until you build us the shiny new buildings, we're not coming back. And mark my words on this. You're going to see them get what they want because that's what's going to happen. They they, they have the ability now to hold our kids hostage. They really do. And since Democrats will never go along with school choice and since they will never, ever go up against the teachers unions, they're going to give them exactly what they want. They don't need those things. They don't need shiny new buildings, but they want them. They don't need to hire more staff. They can they can make it work, but they want to do that. And that's why it's going to be, even though Biden has given them billions of dollars already, hundreds of billions of dollars, it'll never be enough. It never is enough, you understand. And it never will be. 877-381-3811. But now you know what they really want. 877-381-3811. It is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. It is the Mark Levin Show as I'm bashing the teachers' unions, and I am, but it's not the teachers, understand. It's just the teachers' unions. And, and I get that question a lot, too. You know, what can the teachers do? Nothing. But the unions are in control, and they want money. Now, Biden is proposing $170 million, billion, billion with a B, excuse me, $170 billion stimulus plan for schools, which would just give them everything that they want to reopen safely. And now that he's proposed that, there's absolutely zero incentive for them to go back to the classroom because if, if, if they know that they've got this massive package sitting there and they go back to the classroom, then the obvious question is, well, then do you need the money? So then they're not going to go back to the classroom until they get the money. It's, it, this is extortion is what it is. It really is. And no other way to put it. It's extortion. They want money for new buildings and to hire more teachers. And until they get the money, well, no money, no checky. No in classy. That's basically the deal. Ron is in Berkeley, California. Ron, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How are you, sir? Hello there. It's a pleasure and a privilege. My, my pleasure, sir. Thanks for the call. I immigrated to this country about 30 years ago, and I immigrated here because I genuinely believe it was the land of the free and the home of the brave. I've been listening to talk shows all along because my job allows me to pretty much all day. I really, truly fear what would happen to America if it was transformed into the vision that the liberals have in store for us. I often talk to my wife and I say that I escaped a socialist country and I am here. And if America falls, to socialism, where the hell are we going to run and go? Where can we escape to if America goes? I yeah, it's a, it's a great question. There is nowhere to go. This is it, baby. This is the last great hope of mankind, you know? Yes, sir. Hu- wanted- human. Hu- human kind. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring gender into it. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, you're right. If this is it, then we have nowhere to go. And that's part, they understand that. You know, you know this. They, they understand that. So, that's part of the goal here is to bring about equity, because if America goes, well, then the whole world, we can be like Europe finally. And that's ultimately the goal here. Uh, it's look, you understand you came here as an immigrant. You wanted the American dream. There are people around the world who want that American dream. By the way, Biden's about to let a lot of people get citizenship. How does that make a guy like you feel? Tell you how it makes me. I'm totally against it. Do you know why? Because they are not coming here to become Americans. When you take the Pledge of Allegiance to America and you 
get an American passport and you still cling on to the stupid passport of your other country, then you are not a true American, in my opinion. Ron, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. Yeah, look, I mean, and the school's issue, big part of this, right? It's another reason why they hate school choice. Hard to indoctrinate the kids if you've got a choice. If you can put your kids in another school, it makes indoctrination camp a whole lot more difficult. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia. In for the great one, coming right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. The good news, because I always try to be an optimist, good news is that I think Republicans have a chance here to really take back, I mean, everything. I really, I, I mean, this isn't just something you say. I, I, I really do. I talk to other people who are uh, of, of the same like-minded views, but I also talk to people who totally different on the political spectrum. But what unites us is this issue of schools. It is the single biggest issue. It unites people in the suburbs and the cities, black, white. I mean, every color of the spectrum, all over the place. Everybody wants what's best for their kids. And we're watching right now something that Republicans have told people about for years, which is that the Democrats will do whatever the school teachers unions tell them to do. They're beholden to them. But look, you hear things and you go, ah, it's just a talking point or ah, come on, it's an exaggeration. When you live it, you live your kids at your dining room table doing quote unquote school every day for a year or for a week, you understand it. When you turn around and go, I don't, I don't understand. They said schools are safe to open. Why, why are the schools not opening? And then you understand that it's the teachers unions doing it and that Democrat politicians they cower in fear at the, just the very mention of all these alphabet soup of various little unions. This Federation of Teachers and the Intergalactic Teachers Association of the Galaxy. And they, and they quiver and they do whatever they want. And they want to spend more of your money. And until they get it, they're not going to open up schools. So you, you hear that and then you hear them say, even if the teachers are vaccinated, we're still not going to open up schools. And you go, huh? Why? <laughs> the what, what? What is this? It's insanity is what it is. 
Uh, it's me, Rich Zioli, with you tonight. The great one is off. He's, uh, as he said to you last night, getting surgery, but he'll be back Monday, and we wish him well. Do not miss very special episode of Life, Liberty, and Levin Sunday night. Mark's guests will be Sean Hannity. They will remember Rush Limbaugh, so don't miss it. 8 p.m. Fox News Channel Sunday night. Let's go to V. She's on line one on the Mark Levin Show. Hello, V. Hi, V. You there? All right. I don't think she's there. Maybe it's uh, it's it's me. It's all right. No problem. Let's try Janet on Long Island. Janet, hi. You're on the Mark Levin Show. Oh, hi. Thanks for taking my call. Um. I'm calling about the school situation. Um, 71, there'll be three all the kids coming, you know, growing up and going on to college. Janet, I'm so sorry. I, I, maybe you can try to call back. I can't hear you. It's just very crackly. And I, maybe it has to do with the technical issue we had earlier tonight. I, I apologize. Maybe try to call back. Um, why don't we try Christy? She is in Tallahassee, Florida. Oh, am I jealous? I love Florida, particularly Naples. Hi, Christy. Hey, Rich, guess what? I was born in Naples. Oh, I'm doubly jealous then. <laughs> I'm from Sarasota, but I've been in Tallahassee for about the last 25 years, the home of Ron DeSantis. So when you talk about schools, boy, have we lucked out. He has really, really pushed for schools to be open. And I have six kids, and they're all in school. Good. I'm so glad to hear that. By the way, your governor is awesome. I, I really, I just think Ron DeSantis is the greatest. I'm a huge fan of the guy. Uh, he's smart and he he doesn't take any of their of, of their nonsense. He gives it right back. And yeah, he's managed to keep his your state open. Uh, and the numbers have been no different than California, which has been locked down completely. So yeah, you got a great governor there, Christy, no doubt. So you have six kids. What are their ages? Give me the ages. <laughs> All right, from nine to twenty six. Wow. Okay. So I still, I, yeah, I've got an elementary, a middle, I've got two high school and two in college, and they're all doing awesome here in Florida. But here's the thing I wanted to tell you about, Rich. And I was listening earlier, and, I, I, and I'm sorry if I'm screwing up your show, but I was listening to Mark and giving his tribute to Rush. Yes. And I wanted to tell a quick story, and I'll try not to take up your time. I'm 52, obviously, by the number of kids you know I have. And up until the age of 31, I was a rabid liberal. Now, what happened at that age is I came to Tallahassee. I'd been here for a little while, and I came to get my master's degree, of course, because I'm a liberal in social work. And I met my husband, who was a conservative, and I met him in the courthouse because I dealt with juvenile delinquents. Well, lo and behold, I go off and marry this conservative. Who would have thunk it? You know, I mean, we're totally opposite. But you know what? We were here during the recount. Bush versus Gore. He was Bush. I was Gore. And it was crazy here in town. It was so crazy. Well, my husband, being the conservative, he said, you know, just listen to Rush. And I said, you know what? Okay. I drove a lot in my car because I had to go see kids. And it changed me. 
Totally he had, he had that effect. I mean, he, he, he had that amazing ability. So you, you credit the fact that you're a conservative to Rush Limbaugh, not your husband, which is fascinating. Your husband turns you on to Rush, but he wasn't able to convert you. But Rush was. I love that part of the story. Yes, that's it. That's the truth. <laughs> I mean, my husband, you know, he would talk. Yep, 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 yep. But, you know, I, I, up, in, up in the panhandle here, people don't know this, but it's it's a vast forest when you go places. And I used to have to go through vast forests to go see, you know, different juvenile programs and things of that sort. And I would just put on Rush. And if it started to fade out, I would find a channel that he was on. And I just listened and listened and listened. And then I became this rabid conservative, as my husband likes to say. It was all because of Rush, and my heart is just broken. And, you know, he taught me everything I know, and he led me on the path that helped me to, you know, follow all the other conservatives. Mark Levin is, is my heart. I love listening to Mark Levin. And, of course, our conservative shows here and everywhere else that we can. Well, thank Christy, thank you. And and thank you so much for the call and for sharing that that memory of Rush. It's really important to do that and to keep keep that legacy going. So thank you, my dear. And enjoy Florida. I'm jealous. I really am. But um, yes, thank you for the call to the Mark Levin show. 877-381-3811. So Mike is in El Grove, California. Now, Mike, you are a teacher. Is that right? I'm a retired teacher, Rich. OK, retired teacher. OK, I'm, a, I'm, I'm glad you called. I'm, I'm a retired uh, high school and university professor, teacher, and, uh, and football coach for 45 years, and I have grandchildren in school districts. And I have a, uh, I have a real uh, concern about the school uh, teachers' unions that are putting the pressure on uh, teachers to not perform and come to the classroom, yet... I think that 50% of the teachers are happy not being in the school. And my solution to be recommended would be the school districts possibly could start shutting down the high pay for the teachers that they think that cut them back 50%, cut out the administration to half. You don't need the counselors. You don't need the rooms. You don't need the spaces. And start putting the pressure on the teachers to put pressure on the school districts to put pressure on the unions so that we have an inside-out approach to taking on these uh, unions through the teachers. And I think if uh, if we don't want to be back in the classroom and the teachers are not working full go, there I, I know a lot of teachers that are that are happy to be at home and not have to deal with discipline. Not happy, you know, not have to deal yeah. with all the problems that you deal with school on a daily basis. And, and, and it's making the job easier for them. And so we yeah. need solutions that could be one of them. That could be a definite pressure from inside out from the teachers start saying that, hey. Yeah, but, you know, it, but it's not, it's not going to happen, though, Mike. It, the reason why it's not going to happen, and, Mike, thanks for the call to the Mark Levin Show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, the reason why it's not going to happen is because, again, it's always the same mantra. If the teachers don't get paid enough, we don't have enough money for schools, we don't have enough, poor kids will suffer, uh, people won't want to be a teacher and they'll leave the profession. Look, the Biden administration is throwing hundreds of billions of dollars at schools. Now, look, this is, the, this is very easy to understand, and you're a smart person, you listen to Mark Levin, so you know this. If you dangle a half a trillion dollars 
at school districts and say, okay, we get it, right? We get it. You, 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 you need better HVAC systems for the schools. The schools are outdated. We get it. You need larger classrooms. You can social distance in. We get it. We get it. We get it. What is their incentive to come back to the classroom? There is no incentive to come back to the classroom because if they come back to the classroom, then somebody in Congress is going to stand up and go, um, why do we need to pass a half a trillion dollar school spending bill if the teachers are back in the classrooms? This is a shakedown. This is extortion is what it is. These unions get it. Now, why? You might ask yourself, why would they want to do this? Who cares if they get a new building or not? Because for public education, this is where your kids go to learn about equity. This is where your kids go to learn about all the virtues of socialism. It's indoctrination camp. Public education is it's 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 the imperial pavilion for them. It really is. You know, it's the Acropolis. It's it's where everything is supposed to be. It is the epicenter. Public education. It's the same reason why. You ask poor families in cities like Philadelphia, and they will tell you that they want to be able to send their kids to better schools, but they can't. And so the unions control Democrat politicians, and Democrat politicians turn around and just give the public education system more money, and it becomes a cycle. And now with COVID, a couple things come to light. Number one, these governors have absolute total control over us. They don't have to worry about checks and balances in the legislature. And now we hear from Governor Phil Murphy, King Philip the Unaccountable, that, you know, the variance. I mean, he'd give us more privileges, but for the variance. We hear from Gavin Newsom and teachers in California saying even if they're vaccinated, they may not go back to the classroom. And it all comes down to money and it comes down to power. It's the same reason why the Capitol fence is still up. Can anybody explain to me why we still have the National Guard in D.C.? You know what I heard the other day? I heard uh, because on the Internet. There's a uh, apparently a, a conspiracy, a QAnon conspiracy that on March 4th, Donald Trump will actually be inaugurated president. And so because of that, now they've got to keep up the fence and keep the National Guard in D.C. because there's this conspiracy theory on the Internet. So, so let me understand now, as long as there's a conspiracy theory on the Internet, we're going to keep our nation's capital locked down. Is that that's what that's what we're doing here? We're going to do that. We're going to. We're going to govern by conspiracy theory. So as long as a crackpot anywhere suggests anything that may happen in D.C., well, keep up the fence and keep the military here. It's a it's a symbolic measure of control over us. But it also leads to legislation, legislation like, you know, taking away the Second Amendment and the First Amendment, your ability to think for yourself and be able to disagree with what the dogma and the mantra is. Another reason why the holy shrine of education Public education has to be. Where else are your kids going to learn about climate change? Facebook will debunk myths about climate change. They announced Thursday they'll now debunk common myths about climate change. Further leaning into becoming the arbiter of truth. One time at, at one point, Facebook was just about, I mean, literally it was Mark Zuckerberg trying to pick up girls at college, but now it's the arbiter of truth on climate change. He didn't do very well with that either, by the way. The social media giant said it's adding a section to its climate change information hub that will feature facts with accurate information about misconceptions and falsehoods. It will include the fact that polar bear populations are declining because of global warming. And if you challenge that, if you, if you were to write something and say, well, I think the polar bears are actually doing quite well. 
they're doing quite well. You you would that would be false. You know that would be flagged, and they'd have to take that down. So you wouldn't be able. You'd get a bad bad mark from Mark Zuckerberg. See what, see where I'm going with this. It, it, it ultimately all of these symbolic measures of control ultimately do lead to control. Control over our words, our association, our ability to defend ourselves, our ability to go to our nation's capital and not feel like we're visiting Beirut in the 1980s or now. So that's what I'm talking about. And the school thing is a shakedown for more money. Period. Democrat politicians are beholden to teachers unions. They're afraid of them. They won't challenge them. And this is a shakedown. And your kids are suffering. The good news, I think parents have had enough. 877-381-3811. It is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli from WPHC in Philadelphia. Coming right back. Mark Levin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Chuck is in Mesa, Arizona. He's a firefighter. Hey, Chuck, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How you doing, my man? I'm doing good. How you doing tonight? Doing very well. Thanks for the call. So you're a firefighter. Thank well, you for your service. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, um, you know, I see a lot of things out here. I've been, we've been in this COVID situation for over a year now. We're wearing masks. Now they're telling us we've got to wear double masks. You know, it, it gets pretty nerve-wracking wearing these masks in every single call. I myself had contacted COVID and, and went through it, you know, from my job. But, um, you know, my, my biggest thing is, is is these teachers that are not going back to work, they're not supporting these kids and thinking of the kids. You know, the kids need to come first. And uh, by them not wanting to go to school and teach these kids, you know, they – these kids are, they're having a hard time dealing with this. You know, we've seen an increase of suicide, yep. young suicides. It's, uh, it's not getting any better. It's getting worse out there. You know, and you, you talked about, you know, a red wave in 2022. I've got a concern with that because if we don't get our voting, the way we vote and correct it and these, you know, and, you know, we're not going to vote anybody out if they control our, our voting. So my concern is, is we go vote, but how much does my vote really count if they're going to control it? Yeah, no, look, it's a legit concern. we got a lot of uh, problems to fix before the next election. No, no question about it. 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's what you said. And look, you, you know, you're a fighter fire. You don't get to work from home. You got to be on the scene fighting fires. Uh, and that's what I said. I mean, some jobs you have to be in person. And I think teachers are one of them, one of those jobs, along with firefighters and cops and doctors and other people. Hey, Chuck, thank you for the call, my friend. I appreciate it. Uh, have a great night and stay safe. As you fight fires. Uh, look, it's always a pleasure to fill in for the great one. Every time he calls me, Mark's my buddy. He's a great guy. You know, he's a Philly guy, and it's just an honor that he asks me to fill in for him since I broadcast on his home station of 1210 WPHD in Philadelphia, where I do the morning show every day uh, from 530 to 9. I want to remind you, this is really important. Sunday night, please, please tune in. Or set your DVR to Life, Liberty, and Levin. Very special episode with Mark. We'll have Sean Hannity on. They're going to reflect on Rush Limbaugh and his life, his legacy. Uh, please do that. You know, Rush meant the world to me, to you, to Mark, to Sean. We'll have a very special show, Life, Liberty, and Levin. 8 p.m., Fox News Channel, this coming Sunday. In the meantime, I'm Rich Zioli on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Have a great weekend. God bless. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.